Hello and welcome to the Cat Maste Chronicles podcast. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from pet owners about their projects, businesses and ventures. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, founder of Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with pet owners to chat about their individual journeys and of course, their beloved pets. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Hello and welcome to episode 49 of the Cat Day Chronicles podcast. This week we are joined by Semra Hakseva. She is an eclectic spiritual witch, author and creator of Mama Moon Candles. Her mission is to create magical manifesting tools that are accessible to everyone. She's also a proud cat mum of two British blue cats and I'm so excited and intrigued to have this conversation with Semra. We are big believers of manifestation of the on this podcast and we speak about it a lot so it would be great to hear more from Semra and learn for and learn from what she has to say. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today, Semra. I've introduced you briefly, but if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, that would be amazing. Sure. Um, My name's Semra. I am a practicing eclectic witch. Um, I am the owner of a brand called Mama Moon Candles. And just like you said, um, they are manifesting tools I wanted to make so that magic could be accessible to everybody. Mm, I like that. So when you say accessible to everybody, what does that mean to you? I think that when I'm thinking about magic, I'm always thinking about it being that leap of faith. Mm. Almost you kind of, it's that consciousness in that moment that you're creating that ritual and Mm -hmm. you're doing that thing because you really want it. Yeah. And so over the years, my rituals might be a little bit more elaborate. But I guess I just wanted to sort of create something that could be as simple as burning some incense or burning a candle that would be that moment, that we would be able to create that ritualistic moment from mm. everyone who's doing it. That it was kind of like you're sitting there with this candle, this is what these scents do, this is what these herbs do, now manifest. Mm. No, I like that. And it is accessible <coughs> because, like, you might think about it like, And it might be your first time, you know, thinking about manifesting and magic and it might be a bit daunting or you might not understand it fully yet. So just those simple, small little steps of like burning some incense or some candles and um, going through it step by step that way, I think is much easier. And like you said, way more accessible. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really about just for me when I'm thinking about doing a spell or doing magic, it's very much about just being conscious in that moment Mm. like completely just dedicating the time to think what do I want what is the specific outcome yeah that I want here yeah and even that alone is a shift in energy you know Mm -hmm. even sometimes I'm I'm saying somebody the other day I want to do a spell and um, I was like I'm gonna have to gather some stuff because it's not like I'm you know sort of just myself I'll do it when when, as and when okay and um I uh I gathered all the stuff and I got the phone call of what I wanted before I'd even done it all. And I know that it was just that energy shift of just wow. kind of making that clear, 
conscious intention of this is what I want to do. This mm. is what I want to call it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to gather in all the bits. And then that was, yeah, that was that. Mm. <laughs> so let's start off by talking about when your interest in magic and metaphysics began. It's always a very common question. It's always one that I kind of have a little bit of difficulty remembering or being mm. able to actually physically answer. You know, like I think that my Turkish, I'm half Turkish, half Polish. Okay. Both my grandmas were into stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, they were yeah, both yeah. Kind yeah. of like into the otherness. Yeah. My Turkish grandma, I think pretty much probably like all Turkish grandmas when she read coffee cups. Yes. I know, I know about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I met somebody somebody Turkish actually came to my shop the other day and we were like, I was like, did your nena read coffee cups? She was like, Yeah, so I remember my nena reading coffee cups from when I was really, really small. Yeah, you know, yeah. I remember kind of her being very mystical. And um I guess that my mum went to see psychics, mm. you know, I, I know that the moon was always spoken about. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't actually pinpoint a moment when. where I would have questioned anything. Yeah, it was yeah. almost like everything, maybe not so much the witchcraft, mm. but all the other stuff was so sort of like just a way of life. Mm-hmm. This is just what, my, and I was thinking, they got my, maybe I'm just really silly and I just never questioned anything. But for me, it just made complete sense. Yeah. You know? um, and then when I was 17, I... Um, was looking after I was babysitting this woman's kid um, and she was a healer okay and I didn't know anything about healing and so that was over 20 years ago um so I guess I don't know what the Reiki vibe was over mm. 23 24 years ago mm-hmm. um but she was a real magical woman she was amazing and I remember once I'd gone round but I still didn't know that much about healing and I went round once and yeah her little boy Daniel who was adorable um like about three or four and he wouldn't stop crying okay she said something's wrong something's going on I had a broken heart at the time so I um she was like I said oh yeah I have a broken heart she cancelled her appointments and she did Reiki on me and I was like oh my god this is just the most this is this is something else yeah yeah so she taught me Reiki um, and then I went travelling and I think that the cafe that I ended up working in when I was in Australia, you know, and just all my travels, everyone that I met was a witch. Like every woman wow. I met was into some form of spirituality, manifesting crystals, yeah. Yeah. chanting, whatever, meditating, what guided meditations. There was so much of that. Mm. Um, I was 20 when I went to Australia and I left when I was just maybe 25. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess that I think somehow that education that I had, the place that I worked, and all the women that I met, were all heavily into that stuff. Yes. So then that was my 20s, just kind of like, yep, this is what I was into, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, although I didn't end up working in it at that point. It was just something that I was always into. Um, yeah, so I guess that's kind of the start of it when I tried to sort of trace it back. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing that everyone you met was into it. It was almost like they were drawn maybe to your energy and you can just sense it or feel it. Yeah, I don't know. I think things like your vibe attracts your tribe. Yes. You know, like I exactly. do. I think you sort of like, but also I think sometimes you're put in the right place yeah. with the right people yeah. at the right time, yeah. you know. And I think always when I went to Australia, it was like... Um, I'd gone there on a whim. My yeah. best friends from college had all gone to university and I'd done work experience in television and I didn't really know. I just felt a little bit lost. Yeah. You know? And um, a friend of mine was flying 
there and I've got an Australian passport and I was like, yeah, do you know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to make the most of my passport. I don't even know. I was probably 19 when I made that decision. And, you know, even looking back, I think, wow, what was I, you know, what, who, yeah. who was I then? Who, you know, to try and remember who you were when you were a teenager, which is funny sometimes. Isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. And, um, and when I was there, yeah, I worked at a cafe, but I was absolutely obsessed with the staff there first. So I used to go there, it was called Bad Manners. Okay. And it was like a vegetarian, vegan cafe. Nice. All the staff were like, the most eccentric artists. Amazing. And it wasn't, it was called Bad Manners, not because it was like themed and they were rude on purpose, yeah. but they were all rude. Like really? Everyone was like a massive asshole. Really? <laughs> and, um, and I used to, there was a girl I was friends with who was from, um, from LA. Yeah. We used to go and hang out in this cafe. And we just used to like sort of be in awe of yeah. the staff. And then one day I just said, I think I want to get a job here. You know, mm. we were just doing bit sort of traveler jobs, mm-hmm. like telesales. So we went on tour with the Vans Warped Tour, handing out condoms and just random job, you know, sort of yeah. travelling jobs. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and so I asked for a job there and got it and it became such a sort of, it was like, you know, when so many people go to university <laughs> at that time in their life mm. and they, um, it sort of shapes them. And it's like the finding people, yourself. Yeah, all yeah. the people that they meet, sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, and really, you know, everyone at that cafe, even now in my life, so many people are still a six, uh, is it like a, a six stages of separation? I forgot how oh, it was. You know, really? Like, yeah, yeah, Everyone yeah. is like a kind of like, there's so many people that are in my life now that are just some weird six degree of separation. Wow. From, from there, like just That's random, so, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and my best friend, she, you know, I met her working there. So, yeah, so it was, and she's a very spiritual woman as well, you know. So we look back at when we were housemates back then, and we were like, we really were, you know, so we laugh at some of the conversations we used to have, you know. We were like, yeah, we really were baby witches, you know. Like, it's so cute to think yeah. about the way that we were talking about when you that grew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's nice. I love, I love things like that when you can kind of just reflect back. And like you said, like with the university, I met like some of my best like closest friends and we connected because we all have that similar interest in energy and manifesting and I could just feel it like it's so strange it's like from the first time you meet someone you can just feel that attraction and you can't really explain it but like then when you start talking and you find out more about them you're like yeah this makes sense now why we're kind of like Connecting. Absolutely. And they also say, don't they, that you don't meet new people. You just recognise old mm. friends from like past lives and stuff. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah. So interesting. Mm. I love stuff like that. Um, you describe yourself as an eclectic psycho-spiritual witch. What does that mean to you? <laughs> well, I guess the eclectic is that I don't, I'm not part of a coven. I'm okay. a solitary witch. Okay. Um, and I don't have a... It's not, I don't follow it as like a Wiccan religion or, mm. you know, something yeah. like that. So mm. that it is very much feeling, very much kind of like just a knowing of what I know um, and then maybe taking a little bit of inspiration from here and a little bit of inspiration from there. Mm. And, you know, that's kind of the way, I guess, that lots of the rituals and spells that I will make up kind of come about. So yeah. they're not particularly following I make my own rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not very good at sort of like having to follow specific institution mm-hmm. um, yeah so um so there's that and then I guess the psycho-spiritual part of it is that it's recognizing the conscious and the unconscious 
Mm. You know, so it's kind of like you're sort of like definitely um, acknowledging that there's an otherness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and acknowledging that there is other energies out there at play. And then the conscious would be really putting yourself in that exact moment when you're doing something. And that's really powerful. You're really in your body. It's really grounding. And, you know, these things do have a lot of um, psychological attachments if you mm-hmm. wanted to you know like even with um with my candles you know that i make they're all based on scent magic okay and scent magic is i feel like i really love the way there is that kind of like science psychology bit and then there's the um the magical bit which is mm. the offering to the spirits you mm-hmm. know so mm-hmm. um a smell as we know scientifically essential oils mm-hmm. they completely they are stored in our limbic system yes and so our limbic system is the part of our brain which is all about memory so a smell for can basically inspire you chill you out motivate you you know uh bring courage you know all these kind of things so there's this element of kind of like what the what the science bit of the brain does, mm-hmm. the psycho bit. Yeah, you know, it triggers bit. menus, does, oh, memory, yeah. sorry. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, there's an amazing story. Um, it's not a story, it's like a, uh, a um, experiment that was done yeah. on some lab rats, okay. mice maybe, I don't, I don't know. But, okay. um, they were, they, there was an experiment that was done and they had, I think they used rosemary and they had them smell rosemary and yeah. they were nice to them, you know, and uh, then um, like negative. They sort of so the so the smell had a negative association, mm, mm. and then I think it was like seven or eight generations later of these lab rats when they smelt rosemary, they'd all freak out. Wow! Yeah. So you know, just even kind of like being stored in your genes, yeah, you know, yeah, like a sort yeah. of like hereditary sort of what those smells were still doing. So wow. Mm. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So these trigger responses that we have, they're not just from this lifetime. They can be, from, obviously, from our family, you know, yeah, in our, in our ancestry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm. And then what about the spiritual? So the spiritual would be that there is folklore and there are all these amazing stories of what these herbs do, mm. what these magical spices, resins, oils, you know, the whole ritual, the whole thing of coming together, bringing all your accoutrements together, you know, and just kind of like feel magic spell, whether that's bells, candles, you know, whatever, and you are knowing that you're doing that to shift energy. That's mm. the spiritual part. You know? mm-hmm. It's kind of acknowledging that you are creating something that will have an effect. Mm-hmm the energy around us Mm, I love that because I feel like everything to do with my learning now to try to be my best self has everything to do with what's happened in the past in history and I'm trying to bring that back and bring things back into the present so that I can use them as tools and to make my to you know be my highest my best self so um I try to go back to the practices then and I think in life in general if we just look back at how people did things then we can learn so much so much even far back as Egyptian times oh yeah absolutely absolutely um what other types of witches are there and how can someone become a witch? <laughs> I mean, I th- well, there's loads of different types. So okay. you could have like, um, I don't know whether you'd be wanting to follow a certain 
religion, like a Wiccan, or, mm. you know, like, I don't know, like, I can't think of the <laughs> Yeah, head, there's so many, I know. Um, but I guess that for me it would be, it's just somebody who's kind of empowered and, mm. you know, understands energy and is in touch with nature. So anyone really who can... Yeah, I think that there's it's a heavy title, you know, mm. I think sort of like it's kind of, there's definitely, um, you know, it's very cool at the moment. Yes. You know? um, and that's, I think that is really cool because, mm-hmm. well, safety in numbers, if ever they wanted to cull us all again. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But, um, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's the kind of, uh, it's being in your power, you know, mm. and I think that the, well, we could get into the whole patriarchal thing of why, of what a witch was back mm. in the day, and, you know, how they were kind of, what that word means today yeah you know as a result of kind of the patriarchy absolutely Mm. exactly um i often say things like i can feel it in my gut or i don't know how to explain why i know and more times than none i'm right sometimes wrong but like mostly right i would say (laughs) is there a type of witchy power in that do you think i think it's just i think that that is so common you know it's such Mm. a thing of just kind of like i knew it yeah knew it we all do it and we're all and you're saying i feel it in my gut like absolutely you know and it's 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 our intuition it's Mm. just tuning into that deep sense of power that a lot of us have you know um and it is i think we've been so sort of trained to think with our head. Yeah, and block it out. And make all of our decisions with our mind. Mm. Whereas if you actually really sit with the feeling, you can notice where you're feeling in your body and really tune into why you're feeling like that, you know. But I think that a lot of the time, those intuitive thoughts, you have to be very slow and Mm. calm Mm -hmm. to be able to really acknowledge it. I bet the times when you haven't acknowledged it is when you've made a big, same as me, you know, like we all all do, you know, make of making a quick sort of like quick decision yeah when you're in like fight or flight and you're just like ah panic exactly Exactly. Mm. if you sit with yourself you know Mm. that yeah that is intuition that's kind of like you know something that is a practice yeah yeah exactly but even coming from me who's somebody who you know does this as their kind of life's work yeah i still have moments where i've been rushing and i've had a very deep sense of this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And I've ignored it. Yeah. yeah. I've ignored it and mm. because I've been in a hurry and then I've paid the price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you can recognise it after and then that, I guess, makes you feel like, okay, well, definitely next time I'm it's, just going exactly. to... Exactly. It's a practice. Yeah. It's a practice. Yeah. It's a practice. It's like yoga. Nobody's going to be able to just instantly do all of these moves, do a headstand. Mm-hmm. It's a practice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, and an ongoing process. I mean, Absolutely. we never stop learning. So. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mama Moon is nestled away in a little shop in East London. It's a special oasis where you create magical wares, host rituals, create bespoke spells. I would love to know more about the rituals and spells that you offer. Yeah, so we've done, I mean, the shop opened in July, so it hasn't ah. actually been open open because of lockdown yeah yeah. (laughs) which has been quite sad yes (laughs) but um we did um I've had a few rituals there where it's just small small little groups come in and um 
it just really depends on what where the moon's at, what we're doing. You know, um, I love to do self love rituals. Yeah. Um, I have a spell, herbal spell that I made, which is really amazing for just kind of talking down that negative voice, that inner critic mm. that we all have. So many know? people. And um, it's I can't claim that it completely banishes the voice, but it's definitely a ritual that kind of acknowledges it and awakens a nurturing voice mm. so that when it kind of comes up this is something that we can you know speak to and I always love to do that ritual before any manifesting takes place with anybody because okay. you know when you're manifesting from a place of self-love you're really going to call in the best thing for yourself yeah. intuitively as well you know whereas sometimes when you're just kind of like oh my god I need this now yeah you know this is a it, it, it's not going to work. You're going to, you haven't got your highest self in your mind. Um, but yeah, in December, we did a proper outdoor fire ritual. Oh. Outside space there. And um, it was kind of in that stage when it was like the real dark days of lockdown hadn't quite begun. Okay. <laughs> like we'd had Just the before. Summer, all right. We were all quite innocent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um it was on the eleventh of December, so it was just that moment before kind of the long one. Yes. Know? And um and it was just so powerful. It was amazing. So I have another one planned now for this for later this month, hopefully. Oh brilliant. We can have lots of people out there with a big fire, but we did a big banishing ritual and everybody just popped what no what was no longer serving them in the yes. um, into the fire and we were all chanting it was just amazing. It was really, really good. Yeah, I so love I, things like that. Oh, you have to come. To I will <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Are you doing anything for summer solstice? So usually I do a full herbalist blessing on summer solstice. Nice. Um, where I lay all my herbs out and I bless them all under the sun. Because obviously it's the day of the year when the sun is at her most powerful. Mm. You know, but um, I kind of I'm going to do things a little bit differently this year because. Okay. Um, well, everything has just grown so much that mm. the herbs that I bless, I, I don't have enough space to bless all the herbs for the entire year. Okay. So um, I will be doing a ritual, but it will be with something that I can then bless all the other herbs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds so cool. I can't wait. Please tell me more. Keep me, keep me posted. Will do. Um, so how did Mama Moon Candles start? I would love to know, like, the backstory. Like, how did you think of the name? Like, how did it all happen? So um, I used to work as a fashion stylist. Okay. So when I come back from Australia, I came mm. back to London and I was a fashion, I was an assistant and then I was a fashion stylist myself, fashion editor for a magazine. And I absolutely hated it. Oh. Sorry, this is the type, this is going to be the long version <laughs> no, tell me. We love the long version. So basically, I'd done that for 10 years. Mm. And then I was just over it. Mm. And I thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And then um, I thought, you know, like, I love therapy. Like, I'm all my clients' therapists, you mm. know. Like, mm. I sort of, I always would always teach them things that I'd learned in CBT, mm. you know, and stuff like that. So I just thought, right, I'm going to do psychology. So I did two years of a psychology degree and then I dropped out. I just, it was way too much maths. Um, I realised, oh yeah, you're too spiritual for this. Mm. Like this is this is great, but the maths and the testing people, it didn't get it institutionalised. Yeah, just wasn't me. Yes, you know, yes. I love the theories. I love all that stuff. Yeah. But anyway, so um, the rats and stats, all that business was a bit too much. So um, so then I. Literally, my best friend and I used to make silly little videos all the time and just make each other 
laughed. Yeah. And um, so we were like, we need to we need to make our show a thing, you know, so we sort of started having this whole idea that our show, we wanted to bring it to the masses. Yeah, yeah. So we were like, we need to take it to Edinburgh Festival. So we came up with the night, all the videos we made were very, very bonkers and out there. And so um, we just thought, right, okay, um, how are we going to present what we do in Edinburgh Festival? We'll do it in the back of a motorhome and it will be an immersive comedy experience. So we did a Kickstarter and we did this motorhome and we did this whole... um, this this crazy show it was called the hack brain experience we did it for um three years and it was you know blood sweat and tears mm. like we loved it we laughed our entire way through the most stressful situations that i just can't believe <laughs> we managed to do it all it's hilarious but anyway so we did that we used to tour at festivals and stuff with our van and um but obviously there was no money in it I think when we'd sort of started doing it to think that one it was one person at a time for a 10 minute experience we were like realized yeah we're never going to make any cash yeah and um obviously through the time when we've been doing that I'd sort of done odd jobs working like I worked for a fashion producer for a little while like I did a few kind of other little things mm-hmm. so kind of going back to fashion being like oh my god I don't want to do this anymore yeah and I was just having a little bit of a lost moment in life and I was thinking what am I going to do like what what am I going to do you know like um and I was going to Bali on a little holiday nice and uh I remember that I was oh, so I, and I was speaking to a friend and I was having my freak out and I was like I don't think I can work for anybody again mm. like but what am I going to do you know and I was kind of calling in on all the things that I know or you know whatever um and I anyway I went to Bali and my boyfriend at the time and I climbed Mount Pator which is a massive um volcano wow and um if you knew me you would know that that is the most out of character thing that I would I'm not a volcano climber okay (laughs) (laughs) I don't have the shoes and um I'm just not that yeah 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 yeah. so anyway but I had said to my friend, I'm going to get to the top and I'm going to have a vision. Like, I just, I set a really strong intention. Yeah. And I was like, when I get to the top of that volcano, I'm going to know what I'm going to do. And um, just as a sort of, like, little sideline as well, maybe a few weeks before I'd been away, um, I got to a car boot sale and I picked up a book on scent magic. Mm. And I thought it was so brilliant. And I've got so many magic books that I've collected through my 20s and 30s. But this one was really something that was really cool like it okay. was just like I love the but I love the science element of it mm-hmm. of you know what a, a scent can do but yeah the magical element of it loved candles anyway I got to the top of the volcano and I was just like this is what I'm gonna do like I had a full vision I had the name wow. for it everything wow. and we went back to our um, villa and I just started sketching writing ideas just like let it all just come through me i had no money no savings at this point um and no idea how to make a candle i just knew that i really (laughs) (laughs) absolutely no idea um and i but i just really had this mission in mind Mm. um and so we'd actually um gone to australia after that and a friend of mine who we'd stayed with, he was making candles. He was like, you're going to make candles. You're going to love it. Like, you, you're you going to love making candles. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Um, anyway, so I came back. I did, like, a half-day course that 
wasn't very helpful. Okay. <laughs> just making candles is actually quite difficult. Like it's um, it's not so much just heating the wax and pouring. Oh right, um, there's a lot more. There's a lot of alchemy in it with the oils, with temperatures, with wick sizes, with burn times, with you know, like it's just yeah. measurements. Like it, it's quite actually, it's actually quite a big sort of experimental. Yeah. Um, period you know it's it's science it's basically like science isn't it yeah yes exactly so um anyway so i uh i really i was living in a house share at the time and i was just i had a slow cooker and i was just making candles wow constantly experimenting knowing what the knowing i knowing what the magical elements were and then just kind of just trying to put it together with working out how I could make candles and how I could make them magical, you know. Mm. And I think when I was making them, I was the friends that I was showing them to and the things that I was, you know, kind of doing, I kind of was thinking, oh, this is, I think in my mind I was thinking this is niche. Like, this is niche. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, but everybody really loved it. And I was like, I think there's enough girls like my friends out there. Anyway, I didn't know that, you know, this was sort of five years ago, so it was just on that sort of cusp of mm. wellness yes all yes of that stuff, all of really that. yeah, yeah kind yeah. of just you know it was really just i rode the wave basically yeah. you know at a time when it was all becoming very popular and so it was amazing yeah it was fantastic the timing just Great the timing. whole alignment of it all just felt so perfect you know um but yeah i mean it was now i'm in a good place but yeah i mean it was hard you know i moved in with that boyfriend we split up then i moved mm. back in with my mum and I had a very strong mission that this is what I wanted to do. Yeah. I didn't want to have to have a part-time job and have to pay rent. I just no. wanted to. So my mum let me make them in her kitchen. She's wow. Very supportive. Aww. You know, she'd help me label them all. That's so nice. We'd be up all night labelling them and getting orders ready. And she just, you know, never really sort of doubted me she just supported you yeah maybe yeah. she knew as well that this was what you were supposed to do yeah I think I remember um there was a really horrible moment when she's a manicurist and one of her clients was over and I remember that it was sort of like a comment that really triggered me and it was something like uh, you know so um I really hope this one this thing works out for you Simra you know like, and it kind of made me really paranoid like I tried loads of different things yeah and yeah I'm a failure and you know yeah obviously that was all like bullshit of course but um but I do think that actually going back onto the that woman said that is what you should do you should if you can if you are privileged enough to be able to you know I mean I made a lot of sacrifices in the three years um, when I was really setting everything up you know I, there weren't any holidays or, yes you know I wasn't sacrificed everything yeah and I, I really did you know every yeah. time I would get a wholesale order that money would go straight back into yeah. buying boxes and jars and oils like it was never you know, that I had a chunk of money in yeah. the bank. You bootstrapped, I basically, like, the I whole... Completely yeah. bootstrapped. And, um, yeah, when I look back now, I'm really proud that I did that. Yeah. You know, and it's sort of like, <laughs> I see that those sacrifices kind of paid off. Paid and, off. You know, yeah. and it is... An, an, and my intention, you know, that thing of having such a clear intention. Yes. It... That is what my business is. Yes. And it's amazing. I think even before I knew what it was going to be, the intention was, I'm going to make magic accessible to everyone. It's helped me in my life. I'm up on this volcano. I had an intention. It came true. You know, everything's aligned. Like, that is generally how these work, you know, how they work. It's just such an honour that, I mean, I know that some people might just burn them because they smell nice, but it really is such an honour that, to receive photos and messages of people who have them on their altars and yes. you know like beautiful stories of how people are 
using them and see, seeing people lighting them on a full moon and honouring the moon. And yeah. God, that's just such an incredible feeling for me. You know, it imagine. really does make me buzz. And yeah. It just makes me think, yes, this is my intention. This is it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because I was actually going to ask you, like, how, if you had received those kind of messages and, and how people were kind of responding to what you were doing. But it is such a nice feeling, isn't it, when you feel like you've you've actually achieved something and you've put something out there that's really helping people. Because I guess that is you know the main intention and you're fulfilling it absolutely and it sounds so sort of like you know I know it can sound a bit sort of I want to spread cosmic vibes in the world but I really do believe that you know the ripple effect of Mm -hmm. if you're feeling good and Mm -hmm. then you make the next person feel good and they make the next person feel good and that's how we make the world a better place 100 percent. but yeah you know I do get a lot of beautiful messages from people and I think that's kind of you know when you do run a business Mm. there are moments where you don't have any sales for a couple of days yeah like that's it I'm going bankrupt oh my god what am I gonna do you know and then obviously you know but on those moments you know when you receive a message from somebody saying I just want to let you know I put your potion on and this is how I felt today and you know I lit your candle and this is what's happened you know I just thank you for making these beautiful products or whatever messages I get it's like ah they give me life they really do they really really keep me going so lovely yeah I felt the same you know with my business and especially like during lockdown I felt like you know what's gonna happen like I was so kind of just confused and and I didn't know how long we were gonna be in a lockdown I don't know if I didn't know if I could continue running my business just like you I was bootstrapping so I was thinking how am I gonna keep this not only is it me I also have employees so I'm worrying about them and it was just a lot but like you, I just kept manifesting. I started this podcast and like, it's just been great. It's just grown like organically. And just, I feel like it was what I was supposed to do. And now I'm actually listening and taking the correct path and not panicking. And it's just, it's just presenting itself. Well done. It really does. You know, I do think those kind of like, it is like I was saying earlier, it's that taking that leap of faith I mean, we were all forced to take the leap of faith. Yeah, we were. And obviously some of us came out of it a lot better than others. Of you course. know, it's been such such a just such a horrible, mm-hmm. challenging time, you yeah. know. But if we were sort of in those situations where you can just take those kind of the, that leap of faith and mm. just trust, things do align. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. It is. So happy for you that that's Thank happened. You. Yeah, it's great to hear. <laughs> Thank you. Um, have you ever, I guess worked with or or had a customer who was skeptical about magic and witches and maybe they changed their whole outlook or mind about things yeah there's definitely been some of those yeah I mean I can't think right now but I I actually do you know what I do have one uh somebody came to my shop last week and she (laughs) sent me a message the day after that her husband they'd had this whole thing with their boiler breaking blah 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 and she said that she got the potion out and her husband put it on as well and um they ended up getting it fixed within 24 hours and she wow. said we thought we were going to have to wait like about a week and she said and we got it for a quarter of the price the guy <laughs> knocked off this and knocked off this and it was the fast money potion you know and I oh when gosh. I sold it to her I said it doesn't necessarily bring money in but it's like if you owed money or you'll mm. find money in this, it's like quick money or mm-hmm. save money you know? mm-hmm. and so she sent me a message the day after and she said He's converted, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, you do sort of like, I do get those kind of messages. You know, I I, luckily, 
Luckily, I tend to mainly be surrounded by other believers. Yes. Like, very rarely do people sort of come in and question me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not my job to convince people. Of you course. Know? And to it's be up honest, to them. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, if you can't see the magic in the world, yeah. if you can't walk down a street and see blossoming trees, birds flying around, yeah. you know, the sun in the sky, yeah. if you don't witness the pure magic of just that mm. of just being mm -hmm. then i'm not here to convince you of how to, potions can work yeah <laughs> do you know what i mean i think now like especially in my generation like like millennials and that kind of era i feel like everyone is so used to having like quick quick fast pacings they don't stay in the moment and like when you go to like concerts you're like recording everything on your phone and you're not there you're not yeah. present you're just yeah. there for instagram and like you're not enjoying what's around you and yeah. it's so important and it's so sad when i see people kind of do this and i was doing that myself until i thought like what am i doing like i'm yeah. not enjoying it and like i'm now take deliberate walks in nature without wanting to like take photos or like just have my phone I think it's just so important. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. I think, you know, the thing with the phones is it's like it's just such a... It is such an addiction. Yeah, and, it's know, an addiction. Can, I even, you know, go through my stages of just like... And then just having to put it in a drawer and leave mm. it. Mm. Like, like, my brain needs to decompress because the dopamine has just been... Yeah, so full on, you know, exactly. It's just like that's just what you do. You just check this and you check that and you check this. You yeah, know? it's it's exhausting, and I just I wonder if there'll be a kind of a fatigue, a sort of mm. general fatigue on it at some point. If everybody will kind of start to realize it. Yeah, you know? I mean, there there's been like the programs like social media experiment and and programs like that that actually show you you know that this isn't good for you yeah. yeah but yeah it's just it's an addiction like you said it's it's, it's hard to dopamine is more addictive than crack i think wow yeah. and i think you know but i think the scary thing about it is, is that you don't really know the real long-term yes things. i know cognitively for like toddlers they were saying when they go on ipads because the touch is so light and usually they'd be used to maybe playing with yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so the yeah. sort of boundaries of how hard they press on things and whatever. Interesting. Can be a bit of an issue. But they don't we don't yeah, we don't know what the long term Last, yeah. yeah. Of all this exactly. Yet, it hasn't so. been long enough for us to really measure it or know. But I mean I believe that there's like another planet and there's like aliens looking down at us and they're probably thinking, what are these people doing? They're <laughs> ruining their planet. They're not appreciating the world, the earth, nature. Mm. And, you know, they're probably just thinking, I wish that we could teach them. You know, <laughs> you know let's call in on them to come and give us a lesson. <laughs> uh, yeah, we should. <laughs> we really should. Um you know, it has been a dark time, like we mentioned during the pandemic. Um, what have you been doing to help yourself and others, you know, remain positive during such a dark time? I just, well, I really start started properly. I've always tapped into, but I have properly started journaling. Yes. And it, My boyfriend just started. Yeah, mm. it's, it's the best. It's okay. the absolute best. Like okay. I think that 
in um, March, like February, March, that's when my, sort of, I think everybody's had their moment of challenge, their mm. kind of like own personal dark night of the soul moment yes. through lockdown, haven't yeah. they, you know, um, and actually if you haven't, who are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that I was trying to keep up with my meditation practice, which was transcendental meditation. Okay. And um, I'd even had a uh, one-on-one with my teacher because I wasn't, I was doing it and my head was so busy mm. and I was feeling really angry afterwards, you know, mm. and it wasn't a nice, it, and he kept telling me that's a good meditation. It's like, do you know what? It doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I actually did a yoga therapy course and um, uh, the amazing woman who taught me, she just, we were chatting about meditating, and, you know, she was she sort of just, and I'd already started journaling and I was really enjoying it, but she sort of like said, why don't you just stop with the meditation? Like, you actually don't need to do it. And it was almost like I needed an outside, somebody to give me a permission slip. Yeah, yeah. Of like, you know, you don't need to do this. And I was like, yeah, I don't need to do this. Like, why yeah. I, my practice of what I preach yeah. in everything that I do is do what feels right. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. It's actually the words of Grace James. Like, <laughs> Goddess Grace. I think she says something like, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Yeah. I do want to do when I want to do it. It's yeah. Like, Yes, Grace. Yeah, 100%. that's why she's a legend. <laughs> so, um, so you know, so it's sort of like I kind of had this kind of like thinking, thinking why, I, why am I even? I think we the moral we of the story is it. whoever you are, whatever your job is, whether you're in wellness or you know mm-hmm. whatever, you can fall into these traps of thinking this is what I must be yes. doing. And it wasn't. My head was too busy. It wasn't feeling good. And so um, I really was just like, no, this is a real time to be this is how I'm going to do it. And now the journaling has become just such a major, major part of my life. It's amazing. You know, I did, um, I've done it before, but I did it again, the artist way. Um, the artist way? No. Oh, it's incredible. It's um, the artist way by, da, 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 da. her name has just, it will come back to me. Okay. Um, oh, it's going to really annoy me. <laughs> um, see but anyhow but she it's a it's a it's like a cult book it's like a famous okay, book okay okay julia cameron okay julia cameron i think it's something cameron oh sorry anyway we'll, we'll revisit that <laughs> um, anyway so um thank you so um it's like it's it, it's like a book where you make a contract with yourself and ah. you basically it's rediscovering your inner artist and basically nice. having a word with that critic, with your inner critic, you know. And every week, every day, you you have to journal. Like, there's no two ways about okay. it. And then on top of the journaling, you have to take yourself on an artist date every week. And then there's all these kind of, like, affirmations and prompts and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it is just, it's just been the most incredible release. Okay. It's been fantastic. And now I don't, I want to... I'm really, I've been adding a little bit of magic and ritual to the way that I've been doing it. And I really now feel like that's just become this passion I'm desperate to share. Like, it's just, it's just an amazing thing to just get everything out there. And, and it's a practice, you know. And mm. Like, um, I've been therapy on and off for years, you know. And I know something that I'm always really guilty of is that when something probably very important to talk about in therapy is coming up, you yes. know, um, or has kind of been touched on, I have always been told off by my therapist or picked up on. It's been acknowledged by my therapist how I will 
avoid it or start okay. talking about something else or okay you know because i because talking about these things is hard yes you know? it and, is um and you kind of know the emotions that are going to come up afterwards you know and all this but really i found with journaling it's like that's exactly what it is you have to do your three pages commit to your three pages the third page you've written what's on your mind you've maybe written your dreams you've written what you're having for dinner you know and you get to the third page and it's like oh god am i really liking it to that moment in therapy where it's like whatever i you know something's going to come now like mm. even if i just start writing about what the weather's going to be like today eventually something a little golden insight you know mm. will sort of like all of a sudden flow out of your hand and it's just like ah yeah okay and you have clearance and clarity wow. and it's Ah, oh, I feel like I'm going to get evangelical about it, but it's absolutely, really, I can't. I hear it, it so much, and do you know what? I just haven't done it. But it's so weird because as a child, I used to write a diary, and okay. that's basically like journaling, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know why I stopped. I think that there's a trick with doing it like this: is to promise yourself that you're never going to read back what you've written. Oh, really? Like, because then you're writing it for somebody and I think the ego gets involved. Mm. Where I think if you're just like, bleh, like, bleh, this happened, bleh, you know, like, or I wonder if buddy doll, you have a memory from when you, you know, I think it's don't, don't read it like you're ever going to read it back. So it doesn't have to have an order. It can just be be anything. If you imagine when you meditate, right? And when you meditate, whether you're meditating with a mantra or yeah. you're trying to do the headspace thing, yeah. have five minutes, then ten minutes or whatever, of, of, you know, emptiness yes. in your mind. That isn't, to get to that place is you're a, you're a monk. <laughs> of course, because there's just so much How chatter. Much so that chatter, that is what you want to put on the page. Mm. That chatter is what you want to come on the page. You yeah. know? And I even find myself, sometimes I'm writing and I find myself looking off into the distance and I'm having one of those defensive conversations or one of those kind of, you know, like chats. Yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. You know, in my own mind. And I'm like, no, no, get it down. Get it down. Mm. But actually, it doesn't, you know, like they say when you're meditating, it doesn't matter. That is a good meditation. You're cleansing. You're getting it all out there. But mm-hmm. really putting pen to paper is, um, ah, I'm, I'm, I, I, I completely and utterly found it something that's not only got me through life, through lockdown yeah. that's something that I will do for the rest forever of yeah oh yeah now it's just on the days that I don't do it I really recognise mm. it I really yeah, you yeah, feel yeah. it on the days when I have a little bit of a sleep in or I'm just you know the trick is to just have a really nice pen yeah and a nice book so that the experience is nice yeah you yeah. know but not too expensive a book in case you want to just chuck it away at the end oh yeah true but you know I would say this is it's even a sort of cathartic ritualistic moment to complete a book and then just burn it i was gonna say that i was gonna say burning because then i don't know it just feels like a release a absolutely burn it with some cleansing herbs some rosemary or some sage you know and it is absolutely it's a release it's just sort of like we carry around so much stuff you know and it is it's just so like what's almost like you know once you have it on the pen to paper and it's written it is it's done mm. for me i think when meditating and i'm in no way negating how amazing and powerful meditation is. of course don't get me wrong but for me personally through lockdown i'm a real busy head person like you know i'm sort of like I'm, I, my mind is just like <laughs> and it, writing has quietened it down containing all those thoughts mm. and trying to push them away with a mantra or whatever it wasn't 
my healthiest yeah. thing for my brain yeah. at that time, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that, I guess that was my that was my my, my, sort of, my safe place. But I guess you could also call that meditation. It's a form Absolutely. of meditation, Absolutely. writing, because some people just can't sit still, they can't empty their mind, yeah. you know, it's not for them. So they'll turn to painting. Sometimes I feel like cooking is like meditation, writing. Yeah. So, you know, you just, I feel like you just have to find, like you said, what's best for you, what works for you. Absolutely. So, yeah, usually yeah. I'm quite a good, like I'm a good cook, you know, I love cooking, mm. but... I'd have my best friend come over, like she was like my sort of, you know, lockdown bubble. Person. Okay, yeah. And I'd cook her the most elaborate dinner once or twice a week, like, and uh, other than that, I really, I kind of, I, that was my one thing that sort of got me down in lockdown. I just got bored of cooking for myself. Okay, yeah, a lot of people. For myself, yeah. it's just sort of like, sometimes I'd be like, okay, you know, I could do mm. this, but um, it was just... That was my. I've just recently started again now that I yeah. can share. You know, share it again. Yeah. It is a different experience. It's yeah. true. Yeah, and I've always enjoyed doing it for myself. I've always gone gone all out on myself. Yeah. but I just felt like it had just been such a long period Stretch. of that. Mm. That was the one thing that was sort of like, why don't I? I, I even want to do this mm-hmm. anymore. <laughs> I hear you. I do. I do. Um, you've written a book. I've just re- finished my fourth book. Wow, okay. Please tell tell me about the So um, the first three are all magic, like magic spells. Um, the first one and the second one especially were the kind of magic books that I would have liked when I was starting out mm. on my little magical journey. When you're a baby witch. Baby witch, <laughs> all my magic books. Um, because I think that sometimes, you, d- you know, these it's just about creating that very quick moment mm. and um and make it, and again like my candles giving it an accessibility so if you were wanting to do a money spell knowing what herbs mean money and good fortune just being able to quickly make yourself a little potion put it on you've shifted that energy taking that leap of faith something's happening you yeah. know i mean i think the thing with magic that i always say is no one's gonna no one's going to do a spell and go to all the effort of making a spell if they don't really want the outcome. Because okay. magic works in mysterious ways, mm. so nobody's going to mess with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. But if you are just like, I just want to do a spell, I really want this. Mm. So I kind of wanted to create a book that was sort of like that, like okay. kind of gave that kind of energy. And it did. And it's, you know, and then so I, and I did the second one, which was similar, and then the third one, which is Mama Moon's big book of magic that's like a book with a little bit of everything so that has got a bit of um divination so palm reading flame reading tea leaf reading it's Uh got what to do on all the solstices and equinoxes it's got you know um how to dress a candle how to have a magical week you know it's kind of like it's a sort of like it's got really is a big book of magic it's got everything in it. amazing and the one that i've just handed in i think it's off to print congratulations today, maybe, um is an oracle so Ooh. it's an oracle but with my twist on it yeah. so it's um yeah. you know you'll be guided to a combination of spells um visualizations or just a message Mm. from beyond that you trust that you have landed on that page because that message is the exact one that you needed to see 
on that day. So it's kind of, you know, so an Oracle card, Oracle deck would generally be just the messages, mm. whereas this has got a few other kinds of little magical elements thrown in. That sounds really good. Where can, where is that available? Where are your That's, books available? Um, oh, they're available everywhere. Amazon, Waterstone. Oh, brilliant. Like the, yeah, everywhere. And then, oh. um, and then uh, I the new one is out in October, but you can pre-order that now. I just looked okay. on Amazon the other day and you know, as you Google yourself, yeah. I can't remember what I was looking, but I, it came up and yeah. I was like, oh, wow, it's there. There's the cover. There it is. People can order it already. Yeah. Oh, it's brilliant. Out, I think it's October the 28th. Okay, but we can pre-order now. Can. Excellent. Excellent. Can't wait. Um, where would you like to see yourself, Mama Moon, in the next five to ten years? Gosh. I mean. If you fought that far ahead. I guess I sort of have random ideas that come in all the time. I try to be very much in the moment. Mm. I think when I try to plan ahead, plan ahead, I would love to have my little shop at the moment is a, um, it's a, uh, it's tucked away, you know, yeah. and it's a, um, it's an appointment only shop. Okay. okay. Candles out the back. Okay. Um, and it's, you've got to come to my shop. I do. And, I'd love um, to. We should, I think we could have recorded this. At I my know. Shop. Um, anyway, but um, well, we'll put a date in the yes, diary. please. Um, but um, yeah, I would like to maybe expand on that. You know, mm. so um, we shall see. We shall see. Yes. <laughs> I would. Yes. I love the idea of being able to have built everything up into such a sort of space that I can maybe live somewhere hot and yes. commute back to London a yeah. few times a year. Yeah. That would be a real ideal situation for me. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That sounds like a good situation. Or to have the shop, another shop, in a hot place. To have the shop in a hot place? Yes. Well, why, why don't I just have shops all around the world? I mean, <laughs> yeah, let's manifest that right now. <laughs> so now moving on to my favourite part of the show, which is pets specifically in your case cats so can you tell us about your journey and life with pets so far my entire family is cat obsessed we are cat crazy like we're completely cat crazy people um we love dogs but we are real cat people i'm very very proud of it (laughs) um i had a cat called Fluffy when I was a little girl and then another cat called Smokey who was really amazing. She was really magical. Um, and then um, I adopted Dandy when I was 30 and he was a Bengal snow leopard. Wow, And nice. he was the most incredible, majestic cat mm. that I'd ever had. He died two years ago, passed oh. over. Um, but he really was something special um and so because he, he was such a sort of designer cat you know he was, um, mm. and my friend used to call him the gucci cat <laughs> and then i um in terms of alignment and mad things happening i had then put myself down when dandy had passed over i thought you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna be a cat foster mum for a bit i'm gonna foster some cats I don't know if i'm if I, you know how, how am i gonna ever replace dandy yeah and so i put myself down to foster and um uh, the woman came and checked the house and everything, you know, and everything was cool. And then she sent me a message and she said, we've got this cat that's uh, British blue um, and he's called Gucci. 
No. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. No way. This is, Daddy sent him. Daddy sent yeah, it to yeah. me to say, um, this, I was like, yeah, sure, we'll foster him. You know, so, um, so this beautiful British short hair fatty, he was a real chomp, um, came on a Sunday morning, you know, in November, two years ago. And uh, he was just beautiful. And literally, before he'd even come out of the cage, I was in love with him. And I was like, can I adopt him, actually? I don't, I don't, yeah, think, yeah, I'm, yeah. don't think I'm going to be able to foster He's him. He's mine. I, I'm yeah. Um, and I felt, sorry, <coughs> excuse me, I felt that um, the name Gucci just didn't really sort mm. of, uh, it wasn't very us. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Ted, I was only saying, he looks like a teddy bear. So I called him Teddy and we've kept Gucci, so it's Teddy G. Okay. Um, and he's a Virgo. Ooh. And he's very Virgo. Like, he's very sort of like, I feel, I've had a lot of Virgos in my life. And I'm a Virgo. Are you? Yeah. Okay, so, you know, you have that thing where Virgos sometimes are quite sort of like, you're quite matter of fact about stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I'm a, um, I'm a Scorpio and a double Pisces, so um, mm. I'm very water sign and very. Yes. Um, so you can. There's just a bit of a difference between the kind of like I don't know the emotional depths that I need to go to that you don't need to waste your time with. Clearly, you <laughs> yeah. know? and um, so it's a blessing and a curse for both of us. Yeah. And, um, and yet, yeah, uh, so Teddy is a Virgo and he's really Virgo, and I was just sort of like, you know, so um, I. I knew that it was time that I wanted to get a kitten because I'd always been adopting and mm. I just felt like I wanted kitten energy. Yeah. So I did a hell of a lot of researching and then um, I and I'd also said I want I think I need a Scorpio cat. Like I think my cat needs I, I wanted a black cat. Yeah. And I thought I think that it probably I'd love it to be a Scorpio or Pisces. Like you know mm. I need a like, nice water sign. Mm. And. Um, it's quite hard when you're researching pedigree cats because it's actually this, it's the thing that kind of, there's a real ugly side yeah, of it. Yeah, I know. And, um, which is probably why I'd always adopted, you know, the rescue. This point. Yeah. And then um, after so much searching, I found hobby breeders. So hobby breeders breed just because they want to show their animals at cat shows. Oh, okay. Stuff, so they don't, they're not sort of churning. Yeah. She's just, much. you know. Yeah. And also just, yeah, I don't, and I met this amazing woman and um, she, was her cat had just had a litter and lo and behold they were born on the 4th of November so they were perfect Scorpios and she had a little black one so they're short so he's a short hair as well like so he's a ah. British short hair so they've got the round face yeah yeah, yeah. is he chubby yeah. as well he's getting there he's gonna be a big boy Aww. his dad is a proper chunk his really dad's like a ultimate chap like one loads of you know like a sort of champion oh, sort of like okay um and yeah, I think that, and so the little one's called Fonzie, and I think that he will be um, definitely kind of, he's, he's going to be a big boy. Like, Teddy's a big boy, <laughs> but um, Fonzie is, I mean, they're my delights. They're my absolute, I love them. You know, the other day I was putting on my shoes. I'm so soppy over them, but Fonzie was in, you know, he's um, seven months, so yeah. he's still into everything, you know. And um, Teddy is, he's bit possessive over me at the moment because I think um but they were both Teddy lies British short hairs lie on their back like there's yeah. a thing where they just lie I've seen them back. yeah and so I had Teddy lying on his back next to me and Fonzie sort of playing with my shoelace when I was doing my trainers up 
I was just like, I, you guys are my best thing. Mm. You are my best things in the world. Mm. Like, you are my favourite, favourite things. Mm. And I said it out loud and, you know, I thank the universe and just their little faces. They just fill me with joy. That's so cute. <laughs> they fill me with joy. And I think that, yeah, it's been a really different experience. You have to experience having a cat from the kitten. Yeah, yeah. Is this the first time? Um, not since I was, like, yeah. eight or something. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, yeah, I guess, kind of, you know, but... Um, oh, he's a little dream. Oh, how do they get on together? Are they okay? Or do you know what? It was almost like they got on really well at first, yeah. And then there was a little bit of it, and I was like, oh, I'm just so grateful because I'm so, you know, I just done everything I could to make yeah. the <coughs> introduction mm. go as smooth as possible, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. um, the breeder was very much like, just let them at it, like okay. they'll be cool. And the other reason I wanted to get the same breed as Teddy was because I've heard that after all the extensive research you know that they actually get on they're a breed that get on really well together so yeah teddy was really chilled really good it was when fonzie got neutered that i think there must have been a real shift in scent oh right things kind of changed a little bit okay um but no, they're good. They really they they get on well. Like they have their little scraps, but that yeah. you know you sort of realise actually they're playing. playing. This is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in a really massive like kind of open plan loft. Nice. And they run around. They got I've free reign. Yeah. Got the cat cam on, so when I'm at the shop, I can watch them. Oh nice! <laughs> You're a real cat mum. <laughs> I'm an obsessed cat mum. They yeah. are hand fed hand fed prawns. Okay. Um, chicken, Well, are. I mean, my cat was as well, and he recently passed over, and he was 24 years old. I'm so sorry. Oh, that's a good I know. That is a really, mm. yeah, wow, mm. that's impressive. Mm. So there you go, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, it's just kind of, they just, why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not? When they give you so much joy, yeah. you know, if they, they want deserve treats, it. They can have the best treats there. Yeah, we treat ourselves, so why can't we treat them? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, no, they are just absolute little dreams, you know, and they sort of... Yeah, when they wake me up at 5.30 in the morning for breakfast. They're so lucky, you're so cute. Yeah, I know, right? They get away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's, you know, because I've got the cat sitting company and I feel so bad sometimes, like, um, I've been with a cat, like, for hours and then they'll follow me to the door and it just breaks my heart. And I stay for like another half an hour. Even though, and my boyfriend's like, where are you? I'm like, he's like, you're still with the cat, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. He's got a dream job, though. I know. Oh, honestly, it's perfect. Like, like I said, it just came so naturally and it felt so natural and it was yeah. meant to be. And now I'm just like surrounded by cats and like, I couldn't be happier. I know, I know. I thought I did my um, DNA test. And I was so sure that I was going to have Egyptian in my mm. <laughs> in my in my ancestry. Yeah, because I was like, we must have. You know, me and my family was like, we must do. We this is why we're so obsessive about cats. cats. Anyway, there wasn't any Egyptian in there, but I do just like. But they are they little. I, I just think I wish everybody would have one. Like, I know. Because they're they perfect. just bring so much joy. They do. They're such great companions. They are. You know, I mean, all pets are. You know, like it's sort of like I just. I wish pets for everybody. Yes, you know, I know. I think everybody that that love they them. make you a better person as well. You're caring, you're nurturing for, you know, another living thing, and you know you're putting all of your yeah. good energy and vibes oh, yeah. into it, and they're giving you it back. Absolutely, like, it's it's, um, it's pure unconditional. Yes, love. 
Oprah Winfrey said this brilliant thing, but it was about her dogs. Okay. And she said that the love of her dogs, you know, that she was talking about the love of pets, you know, yeah. how pure it is. Yeah. She said the love of your dog, that she shares with her dog, she goes, she knows that that's what God's love feels like mm. because it's just so unconditional. unconditional. And I was like, yes, that's mm-hmm. it. It's like, mm-hmm. I, you know, my cats could do mm-hmm. really no wrong, you know, but I just know that I'm just, and they love me no matter yeah. what as well, you know, yeah. like if they're, it's, it's a pure, beautiful, mm-hmm. unconditional love. And I think to start your day, you know, looking at these cute little eyes and these little, hearing these four little legs jump up and, yeah. you know, run up and down on the floorboards. It's just... Um, Honestly, Summer, it's like, it's like a therapy. Really I is. see it as therapeutic. Like, because yeah. I also work with children. So after like a long, busy day of yeah. being with children and then going to a cat sitting job, it's just like, wow, yeah. like this is just therapy yeah. for me cats purring and you get so much from the purr oh, as well yeah. healing healing from the purrs as they're well little healers. yeah they they're are healers. they, they are know when you need oh 100 yeah yeah even really when do. you know when if you've been feeling sick or unwell they'll just yes. show you that absolutely I've always, I've always noticed as well if ever i've been a bit down or a bit unwell mm. they're never as demanding Mm, they always just kind of just sort know. of just sit by, you know, and just kind of like maybe mm. the meow isn't such a kind of like it's more of a yeah, excuse me. <laughs> noticed it's time for dinner. Teddy has got like a clock inside him. Yeah, like he they knows. know. So smart, so smart. So I don't know how they do it. They're I just know, I know, amazing. I yeah, I know, I know. They're brilliant, aren't they? Like that. It's just so funny. But yeah, I'm trying to train them to have their breakfast a little bit later at the moment. Mm. So. Yeah, um, I don't know if you know my nose. You can see my nose is quite red there. Fonzie loves to lick my nose. Oh, lick! He I thought you was going to say poor. He has, he's got horrific breath, and oh, no. he has got the roughest tongue that a cat <laughs> I've ever noticed on a cat. You know, and so he's he's so like kind of put his paw to hold me in place, and he just wants to just kind no. of and you know, and it's just like, I can't stop him. It's just too sweet. Right. <laughs> So I hold my breath and don't breathe in that the bad smell. so funny. Let him at it. But he's definitely, I was like, well, I won't have any buckets. He's like giving me a facial. He's <laughs> literally like exfoliating. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, would you say, I mean, it's a no-brainer, that the cats have brought a sense of well-being to your life oh, since yeah. you've got these two? Absolutely. I mean, I don't think that, I would be without one now. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I don't think, you I could. think sort of like it would, Dandy was with me, was, you know, it was so sad when Dandy passed because it's obviously the same for yours as well. You know, mm. he'd been with me through that whole decade of my mm. life, mm-hmm. you know, and so many changes, so many things that I'd gone through, you know, like Dandy was just my rock. He was always there. Mm. He was just, he was just an incredible character, mm-hmm. you know. And um, yeah, when I, for that, I think it was maybe three months that I didn't have a cat. Yeah. And yeah, life was pretty, I I, I, I just kind of, I don't know, it feels sort of like quite empty without, yeah, you know, does. like they sort of, they really are, yeah, they just bring so much joy. So mm. why, why would I deprive myself of that? 100%. Mm, yeah. And there is that association with witches and cats as well for many, you know, back in history. So there must be that connection as well I think that cats like have got you know I think that people who some people get scared of cats don't they yeah they do and I always think that 
it's because there's an otherness to them. I do and as there well. is something where they will just sit there and judge you. And <laughs> if you don't actually feel really comfortable in your body yes. and a cat is they looking, know. and the cat is kind of giving you a bit of a death stare. Yeah. Then yeah, that's gonna maybe freak you out a bit. But even, you know, cats when somebody who comes over who has, has an allergy or mm. somebody who's not that comfortable, that is the person the cat wants to go and sit on yes. the lap, isn't it? You know? Yes. I always feel like that's just so sweet because it's like they just want to reassure yeah. to be like, Hey, I mean, you know, exactly. Oh, Exactly. It's so um, true. I do. I have noticed that. Yeah. And so I do. I think there's definitely an otherness to cats. And that's, you know, I mean, there's loads of mad stories, you know, from the Middle Ages of mm. what, how cats have this association with witches, you yeah. know, and a lot of the witches when they were burned and drowned, their cats were burned and drowned mm. with them, you know. But generally, I think a lot of it was because, I mean, they're all these old, again, patriarchal, you know, kind of stories, but, you know, but I guess that um, cats are nocturnal, mm. you know, so, and the black cats, they used to say that they were the devil incarnated, you know, um, and then because cats were nocturnal, if things were happening in the middle of the night, they'd blame it on the cats, which were connected to the, you know, the mm. witches and sent them out. Um, whereas really the, the, cat, the cats were just out catching mice and keeping yeah. rats away. And, exactly. um, I can't, you know, I know that there's a whole thing with the plague mm. and how loads of cats had been killed along with the witches and the cats were actually who had been keeping the rats in check because they'd been catching them. So there's a whole other story that goes along with that as well, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, so why would you do that? <laughs> you just like, Why? Would you stop something that's helping because you? Because they just were too ignorant yeah. and kind of hell-bent on blaming women, you know, and having bringing religion in and mm. sort of a form of control and power. Of course, of course. <laughs> that all these stories would be made up and manipulated, you know, and, yes, that's, and that's, that could be part of the reason why the plague was just so huge. We could do a whole podcast just on that, Isn't honestly. That yeah, yeah. I wish I was a little bit more eloquent with the story, but I've... Read it, haven't read it in such a long time that um, yeah no <laughs> I'm a I think, little bit fa- uh, faded with yeah. it sorry but yeah no that's really interesting I think I'm going to do some further research myself actually because I'd love to learn more about it and um, that connection so yeah but um lastly I want to thank you first of all for coming on to my show today thank I you really for appreciate it um I've had a lovely time speaking to you and I've learned so much and I can sense your good energy I can feel it so I'm Aww. so happy that you're here thank Aww, you thanks so much for asking me it's been great to chat no worries um lastly if the listeners want to find out more about you your shop your books everything that we've spoken about where can they find you so um my uh Instagram mm. is at Mama Moon Candles. That's M A M A Moon Candles. And then my website is the same. Okay. Okay. Um, and I would say that they're the two best places to find me if you want to know about my shop, if you want to know about any of my rituals, um, any of my online events, or um, yeah, any of my magical products or services. Um, then that's the place to go. Perfect. Thank you so much again. And goodbye. Bye, darling. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. 
We have some amazing guests on the show who share such invaluable advice, stories and inspiration. Can you do me a favour? If you like this podcast, please could you rate, review and subscribe. This will help us reach people who can benefit from listening. Another way you could help is if you could tell a friend who you think might enjoy this podcast too. See you next week. Goodbye. Thank you.